You are listening to Purpose Above the Rim, the official podcast for Kingdom Team Basketball. Our goal is to educate and encourage athletes, coaches, trainers, parents, and fans. Each episode is designed to help each listener grow and explore their purpose. So sit back, relax, as you listen to Purpose Above the Rim. Hey everyone, this is Coach Reggie, and thank you for tuning into the show again. Uh, today's episode, we'll finish our interview with Coach Newsom. Enjoy. So let me ask you this question, okay, because you had quite the journey, right? You got cut in sixth grade, but then you worked your way through and ended up becoming a Division One athlete. So let me ask you this. What are some of the things that helped you to get to that level, right? And you and I, we both had hoop dreams when we were younger. And side note, if anybody listening has not ever seen that movie or documentary, Hoop Dreams, definitely check it out. Definitely a great, great watch, okay? But anyhow, Coach, uh, so just talk to us a little bit about some of the things that it took and how you got to be uh, that Division One athlete, because that's a, that's a rare thing, and people don't realize how rare it is. So talk to us a little bit about that. Okay. Well, let me first echo you. That was a really great movie, Hoop Green. Hoop Dreams. I think anybody coming up probably 80s and 90s probably seen that. And then there also was a Hoop Dreams 2 that a lot of people don't know about. And I think uh, Patrick Beverly was in it. And it kind of showed his uh, his journey. And the good thing about that is he actually made it to the NBA. Where those other guys, you know, they struggled a little bit, but they definitely had their run. And it, both of them are a good movie. If you get a chance, check them out. All right. But uh, to answer your question, Reg, um, I think it goes back to, first of all, my environment. Everybody's going to be different. Everybody has their, uh, you know, the road that they have to travel. But my environment, um, you know, was an environment where nothing was given to you. You had to work for everything. So that always transcended into me. Like, no matter what happened, I know that I have to go out and get mine. All right. So that always was the forefront of whatever, whatever I wanted in life. I said, all right, it's going to be a challenge with this. I'm expecting that challenge and I'm ready to meet that challenge. So that was always with me. Um, obviously always being prayerful and, and, and having faith in God and, you know, praying for these things um, that also helped. Uh, but I, I do have to, uh, you know, pay homage. And like I said, you know, earlier about my, about my coach, uh, coach Barker, he instilled a level of confidence in me. I mean, he, you know, he used to tell me things that, I didn't even believe. I'm like, you, you, I don't know if you're just, you know, trying to get me going here, but he's like, yo, you can play at any level. I'm seeing you do things that some of the great, you know, great guys coming out of high school are doing, and I know you can do it. And that that always stuck with me as well. So, you know, fast forward to after getting cut, things like that, um, you know, that kind of just, it builds character. You know, all your experiences build, build character and, and, you know, your journeys, uh, you know, make you the person you are. Uh, when you get older. So, you know, when, when I had that opportunity to walk on for Ryder, um, I, you know, I just thought about all those things. I said, you know, whatever, you know, whatever, you know, the cliche, whatever don't kill you, make you strong, all of that, er- everything that I've, that I've ever, you know, ran into that made me stronger, I used that, you know, getting in, getting to the gym before everybody leaving, being the last person to leave, uh, coming first in sprints, um, you know, just giving 100% effort in everything I did. Um, I mean, I had like the starting point guards like, yo, man, I wish I wish I had your work ethic. And I'm like, bro, you start, you know, what are you talking about? You know, but things like that, you know, assistant coach is saying, you know, if, if, if this was my team, I would have you, you know, starting. You know, so all those things just I, I knew I knew what I was doing was right. And I knew everything I've learned up until that time. If I just continued to push, good things would happen. 
So, you know, it, it, like I said, think, you know, it did work out for me. And uh, like I said, even past basketball, because I feel all basketball was a learning lesson for me. Uh, you know, I learned so many things on the court that uh, translated to, uh, to real life situations. So um, all of that helped me out to the person I am today. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The work ethic, obviously, that was a given. That was definitely there. And like I said before, you didn't allow the setbacks to hold you back. You kept pushing forward, you kept moving, and you kept working hard. Um, and then you had that good environment, an environment where you had a coach who believed in you, and that helped you to gain some confidence. And it was obvious because you maintained that confidence uh, even at the first college that you went to, but then you were even more confident continued that work ethic in the midst of difficult circumstances, which help you to land um, at a division one spot. So that's awesome. That is definitely cool. So now it really comes down to, I think this for me, um, and it sounds like from your experiences, you've had coaches who have helped you to build that confidence and you maintained a self-confidence, uh, not only through high school and college, but even as an adult. So Thinking about your different coaches, and you can talk about, you've already talked about your high school coach, you can talk about college coaches, you know, up to you, take it wherever you want to go to, but think about those, and then also just kind of share with us a little bit, what can you do to maintain that self-confidence, to build that self-confidence, uh, especially even if you're in a situation where a coach is not giving that to you, you know what I'm saying? Right. Well, like I said, I, I was I was blessed to uh, to have that coach, and you know, uh, fortunate as well. Some some players never, you know, never get that uh, that seal of approval. I guess um, that you know you're doing what you need to do, and um, that that's big for that's big for a player, uh, especially at a younger age. I mean, at an adolescent age where you know you're developing, and confidence may not you know come easy. Uh, you know, you're still trying to figure out who you are. You're still trying to figure out your identity. You know, you're still trying to um, figure out who you are amongst amongst your peers, let alone now you're playing against different teams and opponents. So, um, you know, I, I had my fair share of both. I had it where I didn't have it and where I did have it, and then back to a situation where I didn't have it again. Um, but I will say, you know, every like I said earlier, everything is an experience. Uh, you take the good with the bad. But uh, who was it? I think it was uh, Westbrooks that said, just be the best player on the court. That doesn't mean that you're the fastest. That doesn't mean that you shoot the best. That doesn't mean that you jump the highest. It's productivity and energy, right? Be that guy. And I promise you, when you do that over and over and over, and you get in the gym, you be that gym rat, and you're in there over and over, you're going to build some self-confidence where it doesn't matter what the coach is telling you, right? You're out there. You're doing what you, you're doing what you believe is right. You're, you're working harder than everybody else. And if nothing else, it's going to get you some minutes. You know, all coaches have their favorites. Believe it or not, I'm a coach. You know, you're going to have your favorites. You're going to have that guy that you like. This, I just have confidence in this guy. He, you know, he, he does what he's supposed to do. He takes the right shots. He makes the best passes. Coaches are going to have that guy. If you're not that guy, don't worry about that. Because a coach always also says, this guy gives, 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 gives it his all, right? This guy will run through, run through a wall for me, right? And that guy will get it just the amount of time as the, you know, as the best player. So you can, you know, there's different identities you can have on the team. But if you don't get that confidence from a coach, understand that you can build your own self-confidence. Um, and that's just believing in yourself and putting in the work, grinding, 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 you know, staying in the gym, being that gym rat. 
That's awesome. That's really, really good advice. And again, I hope our listeners really took that to heart because you're speaking from the heart and you're speaking from the heart because you experienced it. Um, and, and truth be told, you know, we both have experienced that situation, like you said, where a coach, it was obvious who the coach's number one and number two was. And when you're not in that mix, <laughs> it's really not a fun situation to be in, right? Oh, yeah. So, you know, Thankfully, we were in a situation where we had teammates who were striving to work hard together, even though we weren't in that mix. And like you said, we were just grinding. We was working hard each and every day. And eventually that hard work paid off. And something that I tell athletes I coach is from day one, you always have an open opportunity to show me what you can do, to show me if you're understanding what we're trying to do as a team and things like that. But just because you start off at number 15, on the depth chart doesn't mean you can't move up to number one in that same season. Right. It's possible. And, and we both have seen it and we both experienced it. Um, so I definitely appreciate you sharing that. So now let me ask you this. Okay. Cause uh, right now you're surfing as a coach, but then you also started your own training business, right? How do you think trainers can come alongside and help those athletes to build confidence as well? Well, I think a trainer uh, plays plays a huge part in, in, in a player's uh, development. I mean, one, you, a player gets to have, depending on what type of training you're doing, but a, a player gets to have an individualized session uh, really working on those or ironing out those skills you have and uh, developing into the player that you really, really want to be. Uh, when you go to a park or you go to a gym and you play with your friends, you know, you're probably playing pickup, probably going to shoot around a little bit. When you have a trainer, that they're designated to really fine-tune all those, uh, uh, you know, fundamental skills, all those things that you need to, to, to be a better player. You have somebody there, hopefully someone who has that experience that can get you to that level. I mean, you know, I, I, like I told you before, I just used to go to the park and, and the gym and just shoot half-court shots. That, I thought that was training. I thought that was, you know, get, getting a – getting a half-court shot was, was going to make me a better player. No, this trainer from the YMCA, he built my confidence by saying, go down, go downstairs, go lift, go do push-ups, pull-ups, build your upper, upper strength, and then come up here and shoot while your body is developing. I didn't know anything about that. You know, but now, you know, uh, uh, you know latter part, I'm like, okay, that, I understand how my, my jump shot got better, right? My, my range got better. You know, because I, I, I went, you know, I did the physical part and now I'm fine tuning the, the, the fundamentals. So I, I wouldn't have known that if I didn't have a trainer that, that taught me those things. And then drills after drills after drills. I, I tell the, the players I, I, uh, I train now, I go back to the quote um, Bruce Lee said, uh, probably going to mess it up. But he said, I'm not afraid of the I'm not afraid of the guy that, that had that knows a thousand kicks. I'm afraid of a guy that does one kick a thousand times. So when you go in the gym and you work on that crossover or that, you know, in, in and out crossover thousands and thousands of times, that's going to work in the game, you know, because it's, it's muscle memory at, at that point. And when you do those things over and over, you have a trainer that says, you're really good at this. Let's make you the best at that. You're a really good three-point shooter. You're going to shoot a thousand shots, you know, or, or the, the vice versa. Your weakness is free throws. We're going to shoot a, a thousand free throws. You know what I'm saying? And you can obviously do that yourself, but it's always good to have somebody, that second person in your ear, showing you and teaching you uh, how to be the best version of you. 
And you know what, that actually leads into another question that I have. What are some things that you as a trainer try to do to help instill confidence in your athletes? Well, I, I take it from a different approach because I, like I said, I'm, I was never, I wasn't the tallest, but I learned how to dunk. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't the, the, uh, the best handler, but I figured out how to get, get by people. I wasn't the best defender, but at one point, I, you know, I, I led our league in, uh, in steals. So I, what I've learned is that anything can be learned if you, if, you, if you put the time in. That's what I've learned through basketball. So that's what I train. That's what I tell these guys all the time. Wherever you, want, wherever you see yourself, you need to put in the time. There's no shortcut to that, right? You need to put in the time. And other thing, Reggie, that I tell them that I try to implement that's a little different is I want to prepare you both physically, but also mentally. So I, I, I put you through drills that, that, that's going to um, challenge you the same way you're going to get challenged in a game, right? We can't go to, we can't go on a gym and shoot shots, uh, you know, catch it and I'm playing around and I'm just throwing a shot up. You're not going to get that shot in the game. So why would we even practice that, right? I'm going to practice you, you know, coming from a down screen or coming off a, a flare, you know, things that you're going to do in a game. Uh, you know, maybe getting double. How are you going to re- how, how you going to react to a double? You know, things that's going to pre- really prepare you for when you're in that game. So when you're in a game, you're comfortable. You know, there, there's nothing that you that you haven't seen where you're not comfortable. You know, so that's you know that when, when I do my training, I, I really try to mimic what you're going to see in a game. Now that's key because uh, uh, you know within the social media age, we see a lot of different types of videos, and sometimes it seems like skills trainers are doing some off the wall type things. <laughs> Right. right. And we, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. We, we've had oh, this yeah. conversation before. Oh, yeah. um, but no, the thing that I like is that, like you said, you prepare them for those game situations. And honestly, within my coaching and my training as well that I do, I try to have that same approach um, right. because preparation is key. Absolutely. And, and I think as we talk about confidence, you have to be prepared for those situations. So if you can be prepared by working with the trainer but you can also be prepared by getting game experience, you know, playing with your high school, your middle school, your college, um, playing in leagues throughout the summer and the off season and things like that. Gaining that game experience is extremely, extremely valuable. Um, and that's, that's absolutely critical when we talk about building confidence. Well, you got to be prepared. And I think they say something along the lines of if you fail to prepare, you're preparing to fail. That's it. And that really has stuck with me um, a lot. And it definitely is relevant to our topic uh, for today. So, um, well, man, any final thoughts for our listeners as we talk about building confidence and training to build confidence? Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Well, I will say this, man. You, you know, you, you're talking to a 5'9 kid from Newark, New Jersey that you know, I mean, I had a, had a dream to play Division One, but I mean, I didn't really necessarily fit the bill, right? So I can tell you that, you know, at, at the age of uh, 13, when I kind of took it serious, um, you know, I, I wanted it, but I had no clue that at the age, you know, 20, 21, where I transferred, that I would be getting a scholarship to a Division One school. Um, so all I can go off is my experience that if you really want something and you work hard enough for it, man, you can get there. All right. Uh, like I said, if you have a, uh, if you're face based, uh, that's, that's going to push you even further. Um, 
but man, put, putting that time in, in the gym, man. Reg, I, I know you alluded to, uh, to you know, what we did at, at Green Mountain. I mean, think about it. We, we broke into the gym to, uh, to work out. <laughs> we broke into the gym. There were no lights because, you know, you had to have maintenance to come in lights. So you had, to, you had to get there, get in there before the lights went out. And we broke in the gym to get shots up, man. So if I don't know if that's if that's not dedication, I don't know what is, man. So you know that, but that's just that was us. You know, we we really wanted to, you know, we had time on our hands. We we was in the boondocks and we we wanted to be better. And obviously, it worked out for you. It worked out for me. And uh, I believe it could work for anybody. I don't know if we were supposed to say that uh, on the podcast, but it is true. We had our moments. Hey man, man. It's the truth, man. It's the truth. It's the truth. The truth came out. Yes, we did break into the gym at our college in order to get up shots, but it was a part of that grind. We was just grinding, man. So, Absolutely. Well, Coach Newsom, man, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Um, and I think our listeners definitely will gain from this episode. So thank you so much for your time. Um, but listen, before I go, uh, what I like to do as I have some interviews, I like to have a little, a very quick basketball debate. Uh, so it's just really just a fun segment. Uh, really doesn't relate to what we talk about, but just a fun little segment because we love talking basketball. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, who is the greatest shooter of all time Ooh. that's a tough one that's a tough it one. Is, it is tough because i never want to be that guy that just lives in the moment and what's going on now okay mm-hmm. but it, it will it will come down to two guys you probably know who it is it will probably come down to obviously steph curry and obviously ray allen but i'm going to even though uh statistic wise i think it's uh, Steph at this point, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little bit further. Okay. Because you, you, you can't take away the fact that Steph is a great shooter. Right. Right. But right. Ray Allen has done it time and time again, and he's done it in the biggest games and the biggest stages. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm going to give him the upper hand. Sometimes Steph Curry struggles in like playoffs and finals and he'll, 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 he'll hit you with the dagger whenever he wants to, but, I've seen him struggle sometimes in those bigger games, whereas Ray Allen has hit some of the biggest shots we've ever seen. So I may have to go with, with Ray Allen. And, you know, the good thing about Steph is he has time. He has, this could change. But you ask me right now, I'm going to go with Ray. Okay, but what about Larry Bird? I mean, Larry Bird, that's another one, man. I, you know, I was, I was with the – I was with the – Ray Allen era, and I watched him. I, you know, I, as I started watching, that was the latter ver- the latter years of Larry Bird. So I would just have to go back and watch that. Although I know, I know that he's a great shooter. He's a but great I, shooter. He's a great I, I, shooter. And especially, you remember that three point contest where he's just talking to all the yeah, contestants, yeah. and he's just oh, like, yeah. "Who's going for second place?" Like that's oh, yeah. just the, we talk. <laughs> we actually talk about confidence. Like that's a whole new Absolutely. level of confidence when you Absolutely. already know you're getting first place. Uh, but so that's L, that's Larry Bird, but what about Reggie Miller? I mean, the list could listen, man. The list the list could go on and on. The list can go on and on. We talk about shooters. I mean, I mean, Clay's gonna be up there at some point. Yeah. Talking about pure, you know, pure shooters. You know, Clay's gonna be up there at some point. Clay can you know shoot. What I mean, I mean uh, that list right there: Larry Bird, Reggie Miller, Steph, Ray Allen, Clay Thompson. But people would be sleeping on some of the role players that were great shooters, such as Steve Kerr, such Steve as Kerr. Steve Smith. Uh, 
What? Uh, Steve Smith. Oh yeah, Steve Smith was another one. Peja Stoyakovic. Like, there's yeah. lots of role players who could just oh, yeah. flat Robert, out. Robert Robert Ori. Big shot, Bob. Come on, man. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, he hit some big shots. He hit yes, some sir. big shots. Yes, uh, nah, you know what though? Truth be told, yes, this is a, a debate, but truth be told, I actually got Ray Allen in that top spot right now too. First of all, uh, yes, that was the era. Second of all, like you said, he's hit big shots and big moments. But look, third, let's just keep it real. He got game. I mean, this kid was in the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got a movie. You know you can shoot the ball when they, they say, oh, you're going to be the star in our movie. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, yes, Shuttlesworth. That's exactly right. Now, you know what, though? Uh, this is real random, but about a, a couple weeks ago, I had watched the Big East Championship where it was Ray Allen's UConn Huskies playing against Allen Iverson's George Hoyas. Yes, sir. I'm t- we talking about errors, man. I watched that. Dude, I watched that game, bro. Yo, they were going at it. Like, we were, we were blessed to be able to watch that game. You know yes, what I'm sir. saying? Yes, sir. But, yes, sir. Well, look, that's, that's our time, man. Thank you for, uh, for getting in that little bit of debate. So, for all of you all who are listening, uh, between the two of us, as far as we are concerned, Ray Allen has that top shooting spot as of right now. Yes, sir. Still have some, uh, we still have some shooters who are gunning for that, and we'll see where they're at at the end of their career. So, uh, Coach Newsom, it has been a pleasure, my friend. Uh, thank you for your time, and definitely wish you luck um, with everything. And just for everybody who's listening, uh, we're going to have some links in there, so that way if you're up in the Pennsylvania area, you know where you can find Coach Newsom. Um, and if you are a person who's looking to get your son or daughter some good quality training, uh, definitely make sure that you look him up. So we'll make sure that we put that um, in our episode description. All right. So Coach Newsom, again, thank you very much for your time and you take care. Anytime, my brother. I appreciate it. All right. That was our interview with Coach Newsom. Thank you again for listening. Take care and God bless. Thank you.